Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Today's episode is something new. It's a new series that we're going to try that I'm calling Faith in Daily Life. What I do is I sit down with a member of Bethany Lutheran Church and talk to them about their career, their vocation, the work that they do during the week, and how their life of faith intersects with the work that they spend their time on every day. This first episode, this first conversation is with Susan Fabie Wiggins. Susan is the president-elect for our church council, and she serves as a pediatric physical therapist and just has some wonderful things to say about how her work helping children uh, work in their bodies and learn how to move and be healed in different ways, how that overlaps with some of her beliefs about who Jesus is and what Jesus calls us to do. It's a great conversation. Susan's an absolute delight and I really appreciate her being on and being a part of this. Uh, please, if you like this episode, if you like the podcast, uh, leave us a review on the iTunes store. Let other people know about it. We're really excited about the feedback and the different ways that this podcast community is growing, and we want to see more of that. But now, without further ado, here is a Faith in Daily Life conversation with Susan Fabie Wiggins. everybody, welcome. We are here for the first of a new series for these podcasts that I'm going to be calling Faith in Daily Life. And today, Susan Fabie Wiggins is sitting right here beside me. Susan is a longtime member of Bethany. She was the chair of my call committee, so a special place in my heart. And she's the current um, council president-elect. What's the exact it, title there? president-elect. President-elect. And um, Susan's going to talk to us a little bit about... We're just going to have a conversation about her life and her particular vocation, the work that she does, and how it kind of relates to her life of faith. But we'll have a fun time getting there. Susan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Pastor Nate. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. I was just talking with members of the call committee yesterday about how we did such a great job. <laughs> I think so, too. It worked out well for me. Um, well, tell us a little bit just about what you actually do as work when you're not doing everything else here at Bethany. Sure. I love to talk about my work. So I'm a pediatric physical therapist. Um, I've been a therapist for, gosh, maybe 35 years, although I was home with my kids for about 15. Right now, I primarily work with what's called the Early Intervention Program. It's a federally funded program for children birth to three who are deemed to have a developmental delay. Mm -hmm. And so they are eligible for all kinds of therapy services in their home free of charge. Wow. And I do that through the Denver County group. And so that means, I think I've heard you talk about this too, you go to these individuals' houses. We do. So the law mandates we have to do it in their natural setting. So that's usually in a home or a daycare. And the reason we do that is we can do therapy with the kids, but we also see the environment that the children live in. Mm. And we, a big part of our job is to give them strategies that they can do throughout their day to help their children develop. Wonderful. So can, I know you probably, you know, HIPAA violations and everything else, mm -hmm. but can you give us just a general sense of what that might look like specifically, like in terms of the types of cases you might be working with? Sure, sure. So um, for instance, I just saw a new little um, child last week who is a year who she can roll to get places, but, and she can sit but she's not crawling, she's not moving on her tummy. And so um, we're trying to teach her, first of all, how she can get from the floor to a sitting position. 
So I showed her parents when they change her diaper, which they do many times a day, how they can roll her to her side and have her help her push herself up to a sitting position. So try to make it easy because we know parents are busy. Mm -hmm. And then when they maybe have a child with special needs, we want to keep it as um, relevant and simple for them. But that's an example yeah, that I might tell families. No, that's really helpful. And so then in terms of your training and background, you were trained and educated as a physical therapist? Yes. And then moved into the pediatric realm? Or is that a specific line? Well, yes. Yeah, so I was trained just as a, just my physical therapy degree, but I've only always done pediatrics. That's all I ever wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And that's all I ever probably will do. Excellent. Well, and I like that you said wanted to do. Okay, that's a very helpful segue. Okay. Well done. As we think about this too, you've been doing it for 35 years, mm -hmm. you said. This is what you always wanted to do. You kind of offered that phrase in there, specifically working with younger children, pediatrics. So talk to us. I just kind of want to hear a little bit about like the direction of your life. That, okay. that kind of led to committing yourself to this work for 35 years. That's a very long time. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of just start. Give me some like early memories. Sure. And, and we'll, yeah, no, uh, we'll trace it together. That'll be fun. So um, I love kids. I've always loved kids. I've told people heaven for me would be a room of two-year-olds. And I'm 100% sincere about that. But I started babysitting when I was seven years old for my wow. piano teacher who adopted a baby. And while she was teaching piano lessons in her house, I would, you know, feed the baby, hold her, change her diapers. And so I spent much of my childhood babysitting did, all summer long, weekends, everything. Did you, do you have siblings? Two. I have a twin sister and one who's about a year and a half younger than us. Okay, so you didn't get to do a ton of that, like, no. childcare at home. Not at all. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. Uh, so seven years old, start with this whole babysitting thing. Mm -hmm. But let's just pause there. Uh, well, no, I'll, I'll ask this question later. I kind of okay. want to okay. keep tracking it. Keep going. So then... So, um, you know, as I got older, so my mom is... Both of my parents are teachers. My dad's a college professor. My mom taught mm -hmm. kindergarten and early elementary but was home for us most of our growing up and ultimately did childcare in our home. And so I did have kids around the house oh, wow. quite a bit when I was growing up. I think that started probably in my middle school and high school years. Um, so she took care of a boy named Brian, who now is, gosh, probably in his early 40s, who is a youth pastor in oh Indiana. And Brian was, I don't know if I know the whole story, but he, I think, had a spinal cord injury during the birth process. Oh, wow. It would be similar to spina bifida, which is a malformation of the spine, but he doesn't have any of the physical attributes. So anyway, he was born, and he has partial use of his arms and hands, but no feeling or movement of the rest of his trunk and his legs. Wow. And they were part of our church. Mm -hmm. And so when Brian was six weeks old and his mom was getting ready to go back to work, she knew my mom did childcare and asked if she would take care of Brian. And we became really good friends. Wow. Like I would come home from high school and just want to play with him and I'd come home from the weekend at college and I'd go to Brian's house and we would play so he was really special yeah and his physical therapist who I whose children I babysat for came to our house and I watched her wow um so when I 
started college and was deciding what to do, I wasn't 100% sure. I actually started in the nursing direction. Um, and then after a semester decided that wasn't the right thing and decided to pursue physical therapy and I have no regrets at all. Wow. That's, so this is really great. I love the pieces that you've kind of mentioned there. Because um, we have, you know, starting babysitting at seven. Mm -hmm. So being put in this really trusted position mm -hmm. um, to be taking care of a child at seven years old, um, I would not trust my <laughs> seven-year-old son. I, I don't know how I was trusted, but... <laughs> but then, and then the whole, I mean, the whole piece with Brian, it also sounds like you started when he was six months old? Is six that weeks old is when six he came weeks. to, you know, he was at our house all day. And it sounds like, too, Brian is the type of individual that you would be working with now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. So that all kind of got planted in these high school years and through this close friendship that you developed with mm -hmm. Brian. So as we think about this, though, you kind of mentioned church peripherally with it. Mm -hmm. and, and this is how we're going to trace it back. Talk to me about what faith looked like when you were seven, starting babysitting, right? This one key moment of your oh. life. What was important about your life of faith at that particular juncture, if you can remember? I don't know that I can say. I can remember. So we were, I come from a family of lifelong Lutherans. Okay. My grandfather was a Lutheran pastor. I have uncles who were pastors. My mom and her siblings, we were in the uh, Missouri Synod. Mm -hmm. um, which is also very education focused. So I also went to a Missouri Synod parochial school. Parochial school. Great. So it was, it was very, you know, we went to church every week. I, um, we went to Sunday school every week. I had, you know, religion classes, confirmation classes in grade school. So it was very much a part of my life. I don't know. If I, I probably just didn't think any differently because all of my friends, my dad taught at a Lutheran college, so most of my friends were professors' kids that went to St. John or school. So I was just surrounded by... It was just the constant. It was the constant. Okay. And, and probably I didn't really have opportunity to question it a whole lot because I wasn't surrounded by many people different than me. Yes. Well, and I mean, the, I know also the Missouri Synod, as you mentioned, has a real educational yeah. focus too. But like, um, and and uh, you know, education in the sense of also kind of just saying like, this is this is the way that it is. Mm -hmm. um, and like, mm -hmm. learn mm -hmm. learn the material. <laughs> yes. Move along. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, I would say yes, it is. Yeah. So that also <laughs> makes sense too. Like, yeah, this is just what we do. Right. Um, and so if your piano teacher needs help looking after a child, one, it's exciting for you and mm -hmm. you know very affirming. But also, it's kind of like, this is just what we, we do. do. Interesting. So then let's move and fast forward to high school or whenever it was that um, Brian came under your mother's care and mm -hmm. that became a part of your life. What did faith start to look like at that season of your life? That's it, you know, I, I would have to say, I don't know if I, again, I'm not sure if I thought about you it. You attached the two? Right, yeah. a whole lot. Um, now I see it, how faith is a part of my work, mm -hmm. but I don't know, honestly, if, I would say faith had a direct impact on building that friendship. Right. Interesting. I do. I would say probably my faith and my parents instilled very strong 
values in our family. I was one of those very well-behaved high school kids that followed the rules and probably every teacher loved. And, and I think probably some of that was faith, but I also think it was very much the way that you were we raised. were raised, <laughs> which also was very... Yeah, goes hand in hand. Yes. Right. Yes. And then moving along and off into college, uh-huh. was the move away from nursing to physical therapy was that just because nursing didn't like mm-hmm. is there is there any faith connection to that shift hmm. to this moving on? I would say no. I think at the time I thought nurses kind of did what doctors did and I wanted a little more autonomy and maybe it was my exposure to physical therapy as well that made me think, oh, maybe this is the direction I want to go. Yeah. So um, again, I don't know that I would say faith had a direct it's fascinating but, but in the same sense okay. what you've described is like a constant saturation right like it doesn't it also doesn't seem like with a lot of other people their life of faith and their church community was very separate than the rest of their life right. but you it's not i mean especially with your father teaching at the mm-hmm. the lutheran school right there mm-hmm. going to lutheran parochial schools it was constantly it was constant overlapping it was yeah and perhaps that's why i didn't question things a whole lot because I didn't see different ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, my, I will say my parents mm. are really true servants, I think. Mm. Um, we went, so my dad is the, a college professor. He taught history in Spanish and we did spend my uh, one semester of my sophomore year of high school living in Mexico. Oh, wow. And um, learning Spanish, but also um, being part of that community and seeing how people lived there, which Mm -hmm. I would say was very impactful on, I think, just seeing that there are people who don't have what we have and wanting to do something about that. Okay. And as you think about pursuing the career of physical therapy it, it, and even nursing before it did you feel like there was a real strong pull to a helping profession like absolutely that? yeah I, I was either going to go in some medical field or education okay I never considered anything but those yeah and one thing that I love about physical therapy is the time that you get to spend with oh. The patients that you work with. You spend a lot of time. My first job was at Children's Hospital here in the rehab department. And I spent two hours a day with the, you know, the patients that were there who were recovering from, you know, a car accident or a spinal cord injury or whatever. Um, So you really develop strong relationships with them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, and you might not have even known it at the time, but in nursing tends to be right if you're in the hospital hopefully you're only there for a a day or two right that that switches in my um my chaplaincy training you have to do some chaplaincy training in prep for work as a pastor okay and my chaplaincy training was not in a hospital and that was what i really valued about i was in a Mm long-term care facility Mm -hmm. but so over my course of my internship there really developed relationships with all the residents whereas if i had been in a hospital setting it would have been right. two days and out, sure. um, which yep. would have had of its own advantages for training, etc. But yep. um, I know that that was one thing I really valued. That's the relationship, the relational piece. Yes. And hearing you describe, you know, 
just the way your family went about things, that you had a childcare facility at your house and that people from church knew that they could reach out to you. You know, like relationships seems like a really big, even like living in Mexico for a year, this wasn't a a week-long service trip. No, not at all. This was investing in the place. Right. So, which brings us all to today or to the last 35 years, shall we say. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to me about just what this, how you see your faith now overlapping with the work that you do on a daily basis. I think that um, when I think about my faith and I think about Jesus and Jesus calling, Mm -hmm. the things that I think about the most are him saying, let the children come to me. Hmm. You know, that maybe others thought, we don't want to bother with these little pests, but they were so important Mm -hmm. to Jesus. And that's the way that I feel. I feel like they have so much value in our world. And for me, I want to do everything I can to help them reach their potential. And Mm. I think that is from, I think a lot of that is from an inner faith feeling that Mm -hmm. Jesus spent his, his time healing. I don't do very much preaching, but he did a lot of healing and, um, and I think hearing that, and it's those stories of him healing others that always touch my heart when I hear them Yeah. in church or Sunday school or whatever. Can you think about do you, any idea why those have touched your heart so much? Oh, it's because you didn't have parents who were like in medical professions. No. Yeah. But they were also, you know, servants in terms of education, but maybe that's a little bit more preaching. I don't know. Um, huh. It's just... You know, even when I talk about it, I just feel physically, I just feel it in my heart that that is what pulls me to do what I want to do. Wonderful. Oh, it's so beautifully said. And that's, in a lot of ways, I think that's how this all gets lived out for people too. What what is like that one thing that just pulls at your heart? Mm -hmm. And thankfully, it's different for all different sorts of people. Yeah. And I think people, parents will comment that I'm particularly patient with their children and I don't know if my kids would say that but (laughs) again I do feel like that is from this inner faith of wanting to do God's work yeah and that that's directed me to do the best that I can for them and to I really I care about the kids that I work with a lot I call mm-hmm. them my kids. So, you know, my own children will say, well, mom, how are your kids today? And one of their friends might think, what are you talking about? But they, they're really, a, they are a very strong part of my life. Yeah. And it, well, that's the relational piece mm-hmm. that we've already been kind of seeing pull through this is that being able to, to think of them as your own in that way and caring for them, bringing healing and health and wholeness. And, and related to that as well, I love the way you're talking about how these healing stories that come up in church all the time. There's Uh so many of them. Um, But talk to me, are there any other places where you see your work kind of coming out or or being connected with what happens here at church? I don't know if it's so much my work, but I've always um, taught Sunday school. Mm -hmm. So I've wanted to be with kids Mm -hmm. instead of going to adult ed. (laughs) And I do find myself maybe gravitating toward kids that you can tell 
you know, do they have a little bit of a speech impediment or is sitting still kind of challenging for them? Or, yeah. you know, are they sitting toward the back because they don't quite feel like they belong for some reason? And I find myself maybe gravitating towards those kids and showing them that we care about them as a church mm -hmm. and we want them to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. Well said and, and, and beautifully done. And, and when we think about it's really amazing about what you're saying there too. When we think about the healing stories of Jesus, and I, I'm thinking about this because it's where I'm going for the adult ed class that you won't oh. be at that I'm teaching on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> but about how healing in the scriptures, when Jesus heals, it's almost always accompanied with an element of reconnection and allowing that person to be reconnected to their community. Mm -hmm. And so even like, like that little work that you do here at church of just trying to get those Sunday school kids connected to the greater community, that in and itself is an act of healing that we don't often talk about sure. or lift up. So the other piece too, I mean, I want to flip this whole question on its head as well. Do you ever see ways that faith shows up during your work when you're going out to these houses, making these visits? I know this is, might be a little harder one to necessarily integrate, but just curious if you had any thoughts on that. It is a harder one. Um... I would say if families talk about their faith with me, I am very open to talking about my faith with them. If that's not something that they bring up, I don't necessarily bring it up to Absolutely. initiate that. Yeah. Um, but. Um, So I, you know, I don't know if people who I haven't had a chance to talk to my faith about, if they think I come from a Christian background mm -hmm. or not, mm -hmm. it would be interesting to ask them sometimes. What I find interesting <laughs> too is how you articulated for us in your little, you know, your brief biography, how unspoken faith was. Mm. Right, that you, mm -hmm. you know, you're like, I can't necessarily put my finger on it, yeah. but you know, it was totally there. It was always a part of what I'm doing. Right. And so, I, I mean, I encourage that within you as well, is to recognize that it is totally connected with these ideas of healing, this care for relationships that you have, even if you don't speak it. Right. Like, that your, your life is an evidence of that in a lot of ways, is that our, our act of faith, our living out of faith, doesn't always have to be specifically spoken. Um, in those really overt ways. And probably, yeah. like, that can be a real turnoff for a lot of people, too, I would think. It, it can. It might even be and professional so, boundaries type of thing as well. Sure, sure. Yeah. And so, um, but I guess my hope would be that um, the connections that I make with these children and the families, that they would see it. Yeah, see Jesus through that work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's always our hope. That's wonderful. Well, Susan, anything else that we should know about your job that you think that people, you know, something about your work maybe that we don't necessarily know that people should, or that they often assume. That's one of my favorites as a pastor. Oh, that's, of, yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> people make all sorts of assumptions about my work. No, sure. I, I think, um, well, being in families' homes, you learn a lot about the families. And, mm. you know, so sometimes I feel like maybe I'm more of a therapist to a parent than a child. Absolutely. And not necessarily a physical therapist. Uh -huh. but, um, and so I would say I feel, even though my background wasn't in psychotherapy, I, I do feel grounded probably from faith 
and thinking of Jesus' intentions to the people he mm. served in his community, that that can at least help guide me in, you know, a direction of healing for them as well. Absolutely. Oh, beautifully said. That, that's really that's really powerful to think about it in those ways too. Well, thank you for taking time to share this with us and for, you know, just your general approach to life. Like this is very inspirational, I think for, for me. And I'm hoping for a lot of people listening too, of just seeing the ways that you carry this message of Jesus with you in quiet, unassuming ways, maybe (laughs) that don't get overtly stated, but that underlies so much of how you're carrying yourself in this important work that you do. So Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for being a part of this. Yes. We'll have more of this to come. Maybe we'll bring Susan back again another time, too. She's got a lot of wisdom to share with us. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay in peace.